Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who are up to their ears and kneecaps, Chris and the Riz. Hey, hello, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast. This is episode 493, almost 500. Detroit's Lions stay on top of the NFC North and on top of the Bears. This is the official Detroit Lions Podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my well-coiffed and maybe surpassingly dashing co-host, Michael Gray. How you doing, brother? I think that's a, a new record for intro to air hump. Um, well done. So, Thank you. Only two humps. Three is a penalty. They you put, put you in YouTube yeah. jail. <laughs> hey, yeah, then you're on your own time. Um, it's like, on our just time. Just like buddy. Jamal learned in the end zone. <laughs> uh, What's up, man? How are we feeling? It's easier to do this stuff when they win, right? I love it. I love it, buddy. This has been a good week. I, I don't want to say it's better than the KC week because we had longer in the Kansas City week to enjoy it. We have a real stiff one coming on Thursday. It's important. It means a lot. It means a lot for the Lions. It means a lot for the fans. But it is de- definitely worth taking a moment and enjoying the feel of being 2-1 three weeks into the season because yeah. we may have faced some of the toughest competition we've got. Yeah, well, and it took two months to get to that second win last year. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a long time. Uh, so, yeah, it was... You know, I, I mentioned it. Uh, I mentioned it in my latest thing. Uh, I, I, I feel like I, I haven't left the DLP this week. Uh, whatever it was, I mean, it took it took Aaron Glenn six weeks to figure it out last year. It took him six days this year. I prefer the six day version. So. Yes, yes, good. Ooh, yes, definitely. Uh, grit for sure. We we will get into this. Uh, Riz's gout has flared up. We will do a gout check still with Michael. We'll get to that. We've got a big show. First off, warm ups after that gout check. Uh, we'll get into the Falcons game after that. We'll do a quick review. Talk about some of the things we saw. Uh, some of the some of the more in depth thinking beyond you know day and reactions and all that kind of stuff. We'll also talk about the injury and depth situation with the Lions. What does it look like going into this big game at Lambeau Field? What does the future hold? Schedule wise, let's take a look ahead a little bit because we kind of got over a hump and it's worth talking about what that what that looks like. We're also going to talk about coaching. We recognize last week was a big, big week uh, as far as getting Aaron Glenn took a lot of heat. Let's just put it. He took a lot of heat. Deservedly so. He deserved it. Yep. He deserved it. Yep. We're going to do a review him and the rest of the coaches. It's good. It's a good three, three, three games in good time. Take a a little review. Let's look at what we got. We kind of know what we're looking at here. We've got a, a little bit of tape to work with and we'll talk about the coaches. What have they learned? What have we learned so far? And we're going to look ahead to the green Bay game. Get into that a little bit. We've got all that going on and a whole lot more like that beautiful 
coiffed hair on Gray's head that people love so, so much. Got a great show lined up, right? <laughs> Gray, you ready to go, brother? Oh. I didn't turn it on. ready. <laughs> Let's kick this off real. and break it down. I caught myself. I caught myself. I stopped it. It's, sometimes it's muscle memory. I apologize. Yeah, okay. Which one? Which which one of you is which one of you is taller, by the way? You're both you're both tall fellows. Uh I think I think Risden's a little bit taller than I am. I'm six three. I think he's six five. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So, yeah. And then this kid is seven foot fourteen. Yeah. Seven foot fourteen inches tall. You can still stand like a tripod. Let's get into it. Uh, really quick, I want to thank uh, Paul Ellison for his subscribe. If you're here and you're watching and you like the show, please give a subscribe. Hit that on the, th- on the little thing you doodle. Also, hit the like button. Appreciate it when you, uh, when you hit that like button. It lets other people find us, and it means a lot to us as we do this. Post-game show this week. Guys, it's a late game on Thursday. Are you going to do a post-game show? Yes, we're doing a post-game show. Sandman will be there. It'll be Chris and <laughs> Sandman. So join us afterwards. Stay up a little bit late. It's going to be a, a, it's gonna be a party. We're going to be happy and drunk and let's do it together. Um, The logo. I got a, (laughs) I got a lot of feedback. Oh my God. People were freaking out about the logo change for the, uh, no, nobody said shit. They just gave me shit. Uh, That changed. Thank you. Um, The Lions season. got to think about it. It is a season for St. Jude this year. And as we do every year, we raise a little bit of money for St. Jude and we need your help to do that this year. Uh, We have a big goal. We have a lot of money we're trying to get to help these families and these folks who need some help. Go to stjude.org slash DLP. Throw a couple bucks in there. Anything you can spare is helpful. Um, we want to we want to conquer this. We want to help these families when and their kids when they need it the most, at the point they need it the most, and uh, provide a place where they go and they never, ever pay a dime. And you can help do that. It's one of the good things you can do in this world to uh, fight against all, all the other shit that's going on. stjude.org slash DLP. Thank you for joining us. All right. Um, wow. Did you put a touch of gray in your hair, Chris? Sometimes, somehow I trust you more now. Thank you, Loretto, for the super chat. No, I just got a touch of gray next door. <laughs> it's all backwards. And shit. All right, let's get into it. We're going to get into uh, our little bit of opening segment here. We call it warm-ups. And we're going to start up with the first one. TW3 is DET. And I did this last week. And I don't know if the... It, I, <laughs> They can't be multiplying, but there's another smart person on the Reddit had a really, really great post. And I want to I want to highlight this one. Uh, His name is Independent Lab 9872. He's been hit with a number of injections and only has a few uh, adverse reactions. So here we go. Uh, Two years ago. Oh, he says Tracy Walker sums up this team. TW3 is DET. Two years ago, Tracy Walker was a top free agent. He re-signed with the Lions, giving them a hometown discount, leaving money on the table because he wanted to play in Detroit. Coming off a good season, a new contract was made captain of the team. Then week three, he tore his Achilles, which is, of course, a brutal injury to return from. He went to work rehabbing. He told his team he would be ready for training camp. He told fans he would be ready for training camp. He put in the work, and it was a ridiculous timeline to return from an Achilles. And there he was on the first day of training camp, a full Go. A week in, he was removed from the starting lineup and replaced by a free agent acquisition and rookie CJ, GJ, and Branch. So, what did he do? He went to work. 
He continued to help mentor the young players, took special teams reps, did whatever the team asked of him. He didn't hear any complaining, no trade rumors, uh, none of that nonsense. Last week, he got back on the field due to injuries, and he looked like he never missed a beat other than catching the ball. Putting up a solid 74 PFF grade, looking like a leader on that young defense. Dan and Brad had taken a gamble, believing that a team of 53 dudes like Tracy can win this league, while the rest of the NFL is holding out. Catering to divas, the Lions are going to work. I have to say, this is a that was really, really intelligent job. Independent Lab, 9872, very, very well done. I've talked about it before. That is one of the things. It's, it's not the old Pistons going to work thing, but you must work if you're going to be on this team. And Tracy Walker was the guy. I remember a lot of people talking about, why don't we trade him? $11 million for backup safety. There it was. Last week was why you don't trade him. You don't throw away depth when you finally have it. Gray, do you keep Tracy? Yeah, he's, certainly, he's, he's emblematic of the culture, uh, certainly. And, and you see it echoed. I, I think at this point, now that we're at year three, it starts to get a little bit, you start to forget it. It's like, you know, I, I live here in the mountains. And when you first see him, you're like, whoa, I'm never going to get used to that. And then six, seven years later, you're like, oh, that's right. Because other people come in like, wow, how'd you get used to that? Like, and you don't realize you just did. You just acclimated. But when you when you see what Tracy did to put the, you know, to put action to everything that he was telling you, when you hear a guy like David Montgomery come over from a wildly dysfunctional organization that we'll make fun of soon. Um, you know, when when you see these guys come in and go, No, I want to be a part of this. I want to be here. Um, these are the guys that we have to bring in. I know there's been uh, a lot of hand-wringing over the last couple of weeks. Why didn't we take the defensive tackle from Georgia? He's never on the board. He's a bad cultural fit. They didn't believe in him. Mm -hmm. You've got to believe that they know more about what they want in that room than you do. All accolades on the field aside, because let's face it, he is wrecking fools in Philly, but they want their their guys. Um, And I think it's a really, really great way to illustrate just exactly how deeply these guys are committed to this thing. When you see a guy like Tracy Walker, who has no business being recovered from an Achilles injury, we haven't even, we really haven't given that near enough oxygen. He shouldn't be on a football field right now. That would have been impossible just a few years ago. And when he said he was going to be ready for training camp, I laughed hard. I'm like, well, that's cute and everything. And I appreciate the gumption, but come on. Well, here we are. Yeah. And uh, it took exactly two weeks, and they needed him. And there he is, ready to go. Now, if we could just get some stickier gloves, we all set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And they're coming. I, I guarantee they're coming for my guy. Um, yeah, he 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 did his thing. He did his thing out there, and I'm I'm proud of him. I'm happy. You, if you see uh, you see Tracy a lot, his training camp is a great time for fans to kind of get to see the players a little bit in their element. Their families come out on the field after practice a lot. They do a lot some working out, hanging out, signing that kind of thing. Tracy Walker, on top of being a great player, on 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 top of having the swag that he has, on on top of being a hard worker is a genuinely wonderful individual, a wonderful human being. He's out there signing all the time, doing it for the fans, spends a lot of time out there. He's a really, really good cat. So you, this is exactly what you want to see. You want to see him come out, ball out, do his thing. And uh, good good on you, Tracy Walker III. Good on you, man. We uh, we love what we see. And that's you love to see it in Detroit, man. It's, it's one of those things. 
if I'm going to criticize Brad Holmes, though, about the draft and picking the players he picks, he's got a real problem with the picks he gets in the first round because these second round guys are so much better than the first round guys he's getting. He's wasting capital. He's just wasting capital, and it's it's getting a little bit frustrating. All right, it'd be, it'd be a really strange conversation if Brian Branch and Sam Laporta went in the first round and Ja Gibbs and Jack Campbell went in the second round. How how differently do we view everything? Same four guys, yep, same yep, seasons, yep, identical yep. stats. If you only changed the round that they were drafted in and you took a safety and a tight end in the first and an off-ball linebacker and a running back in the second and you were getting the exact same production, uh, he'd be heralded as a megamind. Yeah. He ought to be anyway. Yeah. yeah. They're out he, there getting it done. His hit rate is is through the roof, man. And it's not just guys that are playing. It's it's guys that are contributing. But you know, just branch alone, and we'll talk about him in a minute here, but just what this guy did after every team in the league passed on him. Everybody and then and then these dopes were playing on Thursday, these cheese knockers actually traded the pick away so we could have them. That's that's crazy. That's nuts to me. Well, and I think now that Lucas is on the active roster, you're talking about 22 of 23 draft picks are on the Lions roster. The one that's not was a seventh rounder from the first year he was here. Mm-hmm. He's the only guy. Yep. The only yep. guy. 17 of those 23 guys played against Kansas City in week one. So, yeah, uh, when you talk about the young nucle- nucleus, uh, you got to talk about the guys they took this last year in the second round, the first round. But don't forget Hutch and don't forget Aleem and don't forget Kirby and don't forget Saint and, and on down. You know, don't forget Sorsdahl now. We got to throw his, him in there. I mean, here's a guy they tried to turn into a guard for two months and then they're like, go play tackle, kid. He's, okay. <laughs> William, and Mary. William and Mary education. He learned the whole line. Right. <laughs> in two plays. Um, yeah, Donkey Kong Green Bay is going to come out to beat our ass after what we did to them last year. Yeah, we'll talk about this. This is going to be an NFC North classic. Let me just go. It's an NFC Central classic game. This is going to be a black and blue division. Um, speaking of NFC Central champs, 1991 available Detroit Lions podcast dot com store. It's it's slash store. Great, great shirt um, going off. Embrace the win, boys. Girls, embrace it. Get your shirt. Go for it. It is good luck. Every week we sold a lot of them. The Lions have won. When we haven't sold as many, well, we played the Seahawks. Ah, so it's their fault. Yes. So get out there. Pull, right. out, pull out those wallets. Detroit Lions Podcast.com slash store. Um, so we will get into the Green Bay thing. Do not do not worry. Uh, Keith Craig, thank you, sir, for the FTP and become and being a member on the, the station. We appreciate you uh, being a member. It's a great way to help the show. Last piece of the warm-ups. At least we ain't the lol bears. I, I, I'm going to keep this here. I just have a feeling this is going to be a season of ball dragging the bears and they deserve every bit of it. Those meatball meathead uh, bears fans choking on a sausage. They can they can they can live in this. They can they can soak in this because they even stole their freaking lawnmowers, brother. <laughs> it, was, it, it is. A stunning, shocking, alarming turn of events to have the Denver Broncos take a historic ass-kicking at the hands of the Dolphins, lose by 50. (laughs) They lost by 50. And they're two-and-a-half-point favorites at 
Soldier Field <laughs> on the road. <laughs> At the field. <laughs> I mean, and I don't know. That line may have changed since I I don't gamble, so you know I'll. I'll I, I get a lot of heat for that because I'll see a line like six days out from the game and just keep quoting it, and it's changed a bunch yeah, of times. Yeah, but yeah. I, at, at any point, here's a team that just got beat like the babysitter, and they're favored in your house in Chicago? It's glorious. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yes. And Sean Payton needs a get-right game. Who's to say he doesn't go in and just snuff out the Bears <laughs> on their own field in front of their tens of fans? It's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, think this is a good one, WMW2. We saw some really bad Lions teams never give up 70. <laughs> that is – that is – and they're and, and then they're still favored <laughs> in Soldier Field. They moved the Bears to Arlington, Arlington Heights already. I don't know who the fuck they're playing at Soldier Field, but it's going to be a disaster. I love it. It's amazing. I, it is. It is really a a. I mean, almost intentional. I, I don't know. I don't know if there's like some sort of unlucky horseshoe that they hand out at the owners' meetings, and they're like, look, the. The Redskins turned football team, turned commanders, have had the horseshoe for the last 25 years. It's somebody else's turn, and they drew straws, and they're like, here, here's the kiss of death, Chicago. You get to have it. I, I, I honestly, I don't know. I, I, I don't know um, how it is that they're this bad on so many levels, but they are taking on water, port, and starboard. It's a disaster. Yeah. I think it's the game of the week that no, I'm just joking. <laughs> even before they're allowed to flex, they're flexing that thing the hell out of there. They're like, they're like, no, no, we're not even going to put that on ESPN 47 Deportes. Nobody's going to have to be subjected to watching that shit show of a game. <laughs> Do we even know what is that just an afternoon game or did they actually put that somewhere? Um, I'm um, not sure. I, I can't. I almost, I mean, I almost want to watch it. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, in the same way that I want to watch you know, mud wrestling just for the pure spectacle, you know, <laughs> same reason I'll walk through a Walmart occasionally at 1130 PM and just go like, wow, this is terrifyingly just horrible. This, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah. I, I, it's, you almost have to, you almost have to watch just to see, right. That may be oh, yeah, it's just a regular old, regular old one o'clock game. Yeah, that 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 may be my favorite phrase is a tire fire in a dumpster. That's how bad it is. All right, it's worse than that. <laughs> I, I've got a I've got another analogy. I can't break out. It's it's just not fit for the. <laughs> it's not yeah. fit for our audience. That's cool. That's cool. It's bad. It's bad. Uh, game, they've they flexed the game to Tubi at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I mean, they're, they're dangerously close to getting relegated. So, yeah, uh, it's. Whew. That's tough. We've seen some bad Lions teams, but the Bears, this is the end. Please feel free, Lions fans, to flex on those meatballs. Just you got to. give it to. to them. They deserve every single inch that you can put in there. A hundred percent. All right. Let's get into it. We'll talk. Don't worry, Keith Craig. We'll talk about the Packers. We'll get there. But first, we're going to talk about the Detroit Lions eradicate the Atlanta Falcons. Watch that. Watch that uh, adjective for a while. I'm going to play with that this year. Um, I just want to start out first off the guy, and and let me get. You can guess it in the in the uh, in the chat. The guy that needs a celebration, 
He's the guy I call Brian DeRoy Branch, defensive rookie of the year candidate leader. Brian Branch, man, what a game. 11 tackles, 11 meaty tackles, a wrecking crew, an absolute all over the field like there was three of them out there. It was incredible. He played like people talk about Sauce Gardner at corner. Last year, this game was absolutely the kind of game a sauce gardener would have at his position uh, last year. Brian Branch was incredible. I I don't know when we've had a a rookie in an athletic position like that kind of safety linebacker corners, flexy kind of position that he's in. I don't know when we've had somebody that athletic, that amazing in his rookie year on the field. Brian Branch, man, big ups to you, brother. What a game. What a game. Rookie. Rookie year or any year, and Lions PR was quick to point out no player had ever had 10 tackles, three TFLs, and two passes defended in a single game. Not happened. I mean, this guy's, this guy's out. He and Laporta both are, you know, they're the, they're the arm wrestling meme, like trying to come together and win offensive and defensive rookie of the week yeah, yeah. honors, and, and they can both make a case because Laporta is setting records too. But, yeah, the, the kind of all-around game that branch had um it, it it's unbelievable and it's not it's not unusual because he's looked good since since week one when he housed patrick mahomes like the guy the guy's amazing yeah he's amazing he's got it he he has got it i we we saw it early in camp talked about it like he is him we talked about it the rock hard player of the week my guy just out there just killing it. I We got to go to the offensive side. You alluded to it. We got Sammy. I got the jock. You just the supporter. Laporta. He was out there just eating. And now you're talking about your offensive rookie of the year. Like you said, Sammy, Sam Laporta out there. The big. I don't know if you saw his 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 uh, statement. It was just walking down. It was, it was really cool to see uh, Goff come up to him uh, as he was wa- walking, just glowing in the tunnel. And Goff's like, you got him, man. It's awesome. He's like. It was in the air forever. And I'm like, don't, don't, you don't say that to your quarterback, but <laughs> it was in the air. <laughs> it was in the air forever, man. I didn't think I was going to catch it. He was so, so happy. It was good. I felt so good for that boy. Really good stuff, man. Well, it, that pass was certainly in the air longer than Jared Goff was on that leap into the crowd. So, um, <laughs> feet just scraping on the turf. Uh, he needed shorter cleats like to have any air. Freak. <laughs> Three quarter inch vertical that he's rocking over there. That was, my, it was great to hear Jared mic'd up. Like, my jump was horrible. Oh yeah, it was. The second one was worse. The crowd tried to hork you into the audience and they couldn't. Um, Everyone's no, trying to help you, buddy. We're all carrying you. Sorry. Go ahead. Something to see, and you know, I, I come back to it uh, again and again. I, I know I mentioned it in my uh, about last game video. The passing game was essentially three receivers because Ja Gibbs got one catch. And there were 33 receptions split between Sam Laporta, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Khalif Raymond. Yeah. That's a, that's, a, that's a stunning number. And by the way, a problem. They need to, they need to not – like we need somebody else looking right at you, Jameson. Uh, we're going to need somebody else to get involved, um, whether it's Green, whether it's whatever's left of Marvin Jones, whether Josh Reynolds was really nicked up and needed the time. Like they've got to get some other guys involved. But, man – to see them lean as heavily as they did on Laporta, and then to hear um, Goff 
talk about, yeah, and he's not even gotten close to playing his best ball yet. He's still making rookie mistakes. He's still got some some ticks in his game that he's ironing out. And um, yeah, feels feels pretty good. Not not bad considering that the other guy that just wanted to go experience what it was like to win some games at the tight end position <laughs> is five hundred <laughs> since he left. And fumbled the and victory the Lions this week. Nothing but win. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. All right. Well, that's it. Sammy, I got the jock. You just the supporter, Laporta. I love that name. That's sorry. I'm going to hold on to that one. Um, we Time also. Stay fast. You just got to get your groove on. It's like Halapalooda Vitae. <laughs> Vadi Vitae. If you do it with uh, play that funky music, white boy. If you keep that rhythm, you got his name nailed every single time. It's perfect. Um, we got to talk about Aiden Clutchinson, uh, the sack, fumble, recovery, stanky leg. <laughs> uh, that, that sequence. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do want to just let him know that he did hurt some people. Uh, when he grabbed at that hammy first and then did the stanky leg, uh, please don't <laughs> grab your hammy. <laughs> do not grab any important parts. Do the dance, have some fun, but do not do anything that scares people because that's not good for the, for the soul. But uh, Clutchinson, man, I, I don't even know what to say. We had a lot of fun in the post game with, uh, with the uh, lower third, the names under the guys uh, at the end when he was talking about his sister, Mia, singing the uh, national anthem, change it to uh, Mia Hutchinson's brother. <laughs> but I, 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 this, this guy's got it all, man. He's got the, he's got the, the young stud look. He's a giant. He's, he's a big guy, but again, getting next to him and standing next to him. I'm, I'm not a small cat. You know what I mean? He's a freaking giant and and like Taylor Decker's a big guy. He's tall, right? And he's, he's, he's big, but he wasn't like just overwhelming. Like, holy shit. Hutchinson is a freak of nature. He like he's cast when they do. I mean, I think they just did Barbie. They did Mario. They're going to do a Jolly Green Giant fucking movie. And he's cast as the damn giant. He is jive frigging Organic brother. He's just a monster. If I'm a quarterback and I'm staring at him at the defensive end, I, you know what? <laughs> Back up. You're going to get some reps, bro. I'm done. See you later. <laughs> I got my hammy going. I did the, the stanky leg. <laughs> well, and I think it's interesting, you know, and I, I tend to overanalyze some of the media sessions, but they, they asked him in the post game, they asked Hutchinson in the post game about, the comment that Dan Campbell made about not being much fun to be around coming off the Seahawks game and how disappointed everybody was and how would they use that? And he goes, yeah, yeah, no, they say some things. They say some things to you. That's why I tried to just tune it out. They're not above getting on their superstars. That's what that said. Somebody got on him. Somebody got to him and said, hey, it's cute and everything that you lead in pressures, but guess what you're not doing? You're not putting the quarterback on the ground. You're not helping this defense. Yeah. We need you to actually get home there, son. And they didn't just say it to him, nope. which is why you go from you know one sack on the year to eight through three weeks, like blink, and there it is. Um, yeah, I thought that was I thought it was really really interesting to hear him say that the coaching staff said some. That's how he said. Well, they say some things. They'll say yeah. some things to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What were they saying <laughs> to you there, bud? Because you would think. I mean, you would think by all by all accounts that somebody like that would be untouchable. Not, not so. No. And, and you saw it result on the field and you saw the relief on everybody's face. And now they, now they have to keep that going 
on short rest and short prep time and all the mm-hmm. other things that go into uh, these Thursday night games that I am increasingly not a fan of. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love my one o'clock Sunday Lions games, but uh, yeah, the, <laughs> the we saw it with JMO, and and it's one of the things that at training camp we talked about where. You know, there's talk about him not being able to catch the ball. There's talk about him not working and focusing. They took him and walked him up and down the sideline before practice started, catching the tennis ball, catching the tennis ball, catching the tennis ball over and over and over and over right in front. Everybody else was behind him, warming up, getting kind of rest, you know, ready, kind of just doing their, their, their pre-practice routines and stuff. And they had him working and he was right there. It was number one for the fans. To see the fans were seeing he was getting worked. They're working on his catches. They're going to work on his coordination. They're going to make sure he can hold on the ball. But it was also for him. We're putting you out front. People are going to see either you're working or you're not. They're going to see you're doing it or not. You're going to see you're concentrating or not. It's a, that's a first round pick that you put a whole lot of treasure into. They have no problem making a uh, an example out of somebody like that. And, and that's how, I mean, other than Jared Goff, and I think in, in in his own way, he's got a little bit of a the, the shepherd's hook waiting to grab him too, uh, a little differently than the rest of the team. But I don't think there's anybody but that guy in the on the field who isn't genuinely aware that they could lose their job if they don't put in the time and the effort. Bugs, another example, my guy. He hasn't played in ages. He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't spend your off season eating your feelings. Um, I think the the James, yeah, well, the Jamison Williams thing is the next test. We talked about Tracy Walker. We talked about the establishment of this culture. We talked about the kind of guys that they want to have in the program and how we've seen these things, you know, kind of echo uh, through through the different players and different instances, whether it's bad games or injuries or whatever. Then the next one, the one they haven't had, the Rubicon they have not yet had to cross is to take somebody who's not necessarily been on board, who isn't necessarily, you know, a, a chip off that same stone and assimilate and, and get them on board, you know, and if and this is pure speculation on my, my part, so take nothing from it as far as insider information. But if I'm Jamison Williams and I've had the failure to launch that he has had thus far after being drafted a year ago, and I'm watching Sam effing Laporta ball out and set records. And I'm watching Brian Branch absolutely own it and be in the headlines and on all the shows. I You start seeing these guys and you realize the potential's there. Now it's going to be up to the other guys in the room, the other guys throughout the organization. I think uh, this is where some ancillary decisions come in and a guy like Teddy Bridgewater becomes immensely valuable Yeah, uh, as far as taking that young man under his wing going, look, dude, Clock's ticking. You got to figure this out. You're going to lose a ton of money. Put down the Cheetos um, and gravy, brother. If, if we can't, oh man, is it wrong that I kind of, I was like, ah, oh, if I was in my twenties, yeah, that'd be okay with me. That'd be, yeah, hundred percent, man. I'm, I'm in my forties now. If I eat that, I will actually gain seven pounds overnight. It, you know, and I'll have to go see a cardiologist. But my twenties whatever yeah, I could have yeah. gone up for two. Uh, so yeah, I know everybody was horrified by that, but I'm like, I don't know. It looks pretty good for, it looks pretty good to me. <laughs> I've eaten worse. I mean, the, the bad thing was the first, the first thing I saw, I thought when I saw it, I'm like, 
Well, that meal is 420 friendly if ever there was one. (laughs) (laughs) That is 100% what my friends at the bong would put together at one in the morning. Uh, So, well, hopefully, not a good thought either. Are they still subject to drug tests during the suspension? I don't know. I mean, you can't you can't do anything else. You might as well. Let's not speak that into existence, please. It's the only thing missing, unfortunately. All right. Yeah. Hey. Dad. 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 There's a lot of touchdowns missing. There's There's a lot of receptions missing. There's a lot missing. I'm speaking it it away. I'm speaking it away. It's like the 1991 NFC Central champs shirt. Celebrate. Go. Just put it out there. We were champs once. We'll be champs again. This is our year. All right. Uh, one other person we have to talk about. Uh, well, we could talk about tons. Tracy Walker, we did touch on and, uh, and and love what he's doing. But somebody else that's got it. We've got to celebrate from the Atlanta game. Uh, a man known as Superback, Jared Goff. My goodness, did he put the team on his back, fight his yeah. way across the goal line. Uh, again, you know, he admitted it was a bad interception. He thanked the defense for bailing him out. There's not a player out there that has a perfect game ever. ever. Uh, well, maybe Branch, but otherwise, there's not a player out there that has a has a perfect game ever. Um, he's had a lot of really, really good games in a row. Second interception on the year. He's like, yeah, that one sucked. That was the 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 only throw worse was the one after I ran it into the end zone. That one slipped out of my hand. It was terrible. I'm like, don't 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 give he said people that might more have been ammo. The worst throw of his career. Yeah, yeah, it's it's nuts. I mean, yeah. <sighs> Instant analysis from himself in the pocket under pressure. 360 no scope. Nope. Not there. Uh, You know, happy feet. Not there. Terrified. Throw it in the dirt. Not there. He did throw one bad throw. Had interception. Otherwise, my guy, my guy had the poise. He had the control. He took hits. And I I just want to say after that, that, that crappy hit he took from Seattle, who, I sure they can say that they thought he still had the who's a really good player. Uh, right. You know what I mean? I, I just think they're a, a dirty, shitty team. But um, the hits that he's taken and the fact that he's not backing down in the pocket, there's a confidence and a toughness and an attitude that Jared Goff, I think it's always been in there, but I think he's got a little Dan Campbell in him. <laughs> And you can take that how you want, but he, he, he got a little bit of Dan Campbell in him. And I think that bug is bit and he's got a little bit more grit, a little bit more strength and a little bit more I D G A F. I'm going to go and I'm going to get this done than he used to have. Well, and he, and he's got the numbers to back it up. I mean, it was, again, I am loath to give Mark Schlereth an ounce of credit because I don't like him. Um, you know, I've had our, we've had our differences. You're not allowed past. to pick on other but, people on the show. Evidently, Michael, cause, cause people well, get their panties wrenched up. Yeah. Well, like I said, <laughs> with that guy and I, it's personal. <laughs> we've spoken. Um, no, he's fourth in QBR. He's ahead of Patrick Mahomes. He's fifth in quarterback rating. He's ahead of Patrick Mahomes. He's sixth in yards. That's ahead of Patrick Mahomes. Um, you're talking about a guy who is piling up numbers at a crazy rate right now and putting together um, just exactly the kind of month one of the season that you need if you're a team that comes out with expectations and you know that you can't afford 
a slow start. Um, he has been he has been there delivering the ball. There is no Jamison Williams. Monty's been out since week two. His offensive line burst into flames like the drummer from Spinal Tap, the way it has. The myth, the the Loch Ness monster, the freaking Yeti that is the starting five on the offensive line for, for the Lions. It's Bigfoot. It's a Sasquatch. It's a figment of your imagination. It's it's the tooth fairy. Like it's just it doesn't exist. It's not real. Because every time they go out there, something catastrophic happens, boom, two of them just disappear like a Scooby-Doo villain in a cloud of mist. So he's been doing this despite all of that. Despite the fact that Marvin Jones has been a no-show to this point. Been an, absolutely invisible. Despite the fact that he's got a rookie tight end who has three career games. And all he's done is set records. Uh, and Amon Ra has got whatever's going on with his foot. All of this stuff. And Goff doesn't flinch. He doesn't blink. He just goes out there and performs. And it's been it's been something to see. Um, just to kind of, you know, grab your nuts, man. Like he's got a little bit of that to his game now. And I don't think you can argue with it anymore. Um, you know, you're starting to see again this cultural identity that keeps being the theme of tonight's show. He's adjusted to it. He's adapted to it. And he's a great fit for it. They believed in him. They told us they believed in him. We all thought they were just making nonsense up. And here he is leading this team as well as almost anybody in the league right now. Top five, top six in every category that matters. God, or Riz and I had a conversation uh, after the draft somewhere around June time frame. And he tried to turn the conversation into you're saying that golf is as good as Mahomes. I said no. But – Mahomes got paid and where Mahomes is getting paid right now is not out of the range where Goff could get paid. Goff is a good ass quarterback and and deserves the money that he's going to get. And oh no, no, no. Jared Goff, I, I I knew what he had and I think a lot of people made mistakes in their evaluation of, of Jared Goff. I think the people that say, I don't trust him, right? Well, look, they look at the seven and nine year oh god i wipe my eyes are you, gonna, I, are you gonna make it here buddy <laughs> i had i mean are you are you welding did you get a spark in your eye what's going basically, on basically i made uh jalapeno margaritas and i cut up i growing my own jalapenos <laughs> and i forgot to wash my hands between doing that and coming down coming up to do this i just wiped my eye and my left eye is just fire right now <laughs> well I'll, I'll be honest it could have been so much worse Oh God, yeah, because I just just touched it. And it was, don't, don't touch the other stuff. Nope. Leave it alone. <laughs> but Goff is absolutely out there. His 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 down years, and this is like I said, where everybody made their mistake in evaluating him. It was the uh, what was seven and nine bullshit Fisher, the Jeff Fisher year, and then it was yeah. the I hate you Sean McVay year. Who Sean McVay should have pumped his guy up and traded him and got even more for him, but he he just decided he wanted to beat that man down and get and just tried to ruin Jared Goff's confidence. Who Jared Goff is still at the time a relatively young kid, still developing. Everything in in his success as a pro is with. Sean McVay, who is his friend. I mean, when you see somebody turn on you like that, that's mass that massively affects you. And then his other bad year was the first year with the Lions when I don't care if you're Tom Brady, 
you're you've got a mouthful of balls. You're just not going to do well. There was just no talent on the roster. Cephas was the guy that when he was on the roster, uh, Jared Goff performed. I'm like every other year. This guy just balled out. I don't know why people are thinking that there's no correlation between the lack of talent or his asshole coach that year that did what happened to him. But it's obvious. It was obvious to me. This kid is good. And now he's got coaches around him that are tailoring it to to not not telling him, tailoring it to him, but tailoring it with him. And I think that's different. There's that ownership piece that he gets. And I think there's a, there's a lot to what's going on with this offense and, and, and what brings out the very, very best in Jared Goff. The lamest take I've ever heard was he's got to have good players around him to do to be any good. That, that, that's the, the silliest thing I've ever heard about any quarterback. Uh. Well, I, I think you're seeing it um, throughout the league. And, and I'll admit, I wanted to see Jared Goff do it again. I wanted to see a second year where he could come out and perform at a high level and, and hit some marks and lead a team because there is that tier of quarterbacks. And, you know, I, I knew Mike Sando a little bit, worked with him when I was in Seattle. Uh, I have a ton of respect for him and he does the quarterback tiers every, every year. And I read it because I know that I know who he's talking to and he's talking to high end evaluators um, who believe that Jared Goff is one of those guys that you could win with, but not because of. And towards the end of last year, he was starting to change that conversation a little bit. I'm like, all right, well, let's see. Come on out, do it again. Now, that was with the anticipation of the offensive line that we've already established as a figment of my imagination. Uh, that's also uh, Jamison Williams was going to play and then immediately turned into vapor. Um, you know, so many of those things fell apart, and yet he's out there doing it anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, offensive, the offensive design is fantastic. And – and Ben Johnson and to a far less heralded uh, extent, Dan Campbell's offense is a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. It's, and it's the well designed. Is, the, and the leadership and team in three is years, good. they've they've stocked it with some talent. There's some real live dudes yep. out there on the roster now. So yeah, I, I, I think that's a um it's something where he's he's turned me around because that first year, and I've talked about this with the resident, I don't know if I've ever told you this. I sent the same tweet before every Lions game that was in town. You can go back and find it. I, did, I don't delete them. It said the only guy that wants Jared Goff on his team less than me is Sean McVay. <laughs> I just, I didn't believe in the guy. I didn't like any, like he's got that California thing about him. I'm allergic to it personally. It's just a personality thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it could be living here in the Rocky Mountain West. I see too much of it. I, you know, it's, it's changed. It's changed getting to getting to see what this guy's really all about and seeing what he can do with an opportunity to work with people as opposed to just for people. Because when you're when you when you play for Kyle Shanahan, when you play for Sean McVay, um, you know, we're finding out with Jordan Love. We'll see, you know, whether or not there's ever uh, an Aaron Rodgers type person in in Green Bay ever again, because you got to be an order taker to play for those guys. You got to be a little bit of a robot. They want to have a remote control and play you like Sega hockey from the sideline. Um, this is not that. Uh, and you can't say enough about how he's processing, how he runs that offense, reading defenses, how he knows exactly where all of the routes are, his hot routes, his, uh, his dump off points. When he spikes a ball into the turf, he knows everybody's covered. Get rid of it. You know, live yeah. for another play. He's yeah. making these decisions and he's processing at an absolutely elite level. 
He and may that, not have the physical skills that some dudes do, but he's processing at a level that negates that. And this, we saw it, and Brandon talked about it in the in the chat. We saw it last night in the Rams game, where Jared Goff would spike a ball, Matthew Stafford would try to put it in the window and get picked, and I kind of sit here right now and say, you know what? I'd rather see that ball dribble across the ground than wind up in the enemy's hands. Stafford, he's a pick machine. He's a great quarterback. I mean, I'll never forget camp watching him and Brad Kaya throwing the ball. And and, and the ball was thrown and back, thrown back to, to, to staff before Kaya's ball even got there. And Stafford's ball literally, literally whistles through the air when yeah. he throws it. It's a different animal than I've ever seen anyone throw. It's incredible. But I can I can one up that. I was there the year he was there with Dante Culpepper. I was yeah. in Allen Park. Yep. And I would watch them. They they had them throwing synchronized reps where they would throw it the same on the same yep. mark. Yep. And you could hear the report from the cat from the guys catching the ball. And there was like there was a half tick, whack, whack. And Culpepper was no slouch. No. No. And I mean it went you know, not for nothing. That ball comes off of Stafford's hands. It's beautiful. It just doesn't always land where you'd like. Yes. It's got a yeah. little bit of Warner Von Braun in him. You know, the, the missile worked perfectly. It just landed on the wrong planet. You know, that's not good when you're trying to win a football game. You need that thing to land on the right planet. Yeah, I just threw in some World War II history. Look it up. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll leave that one set. Anyway, the Atlanta game. Just wanted to highlight super back Jared Goff there. Um, look, if he gets 50 million, folks, we talked about this early, uh, earlier in the offseason. It's somebody said it in the chat too. It's inflation. That's that's the going rate. I remember when Stafford was, oh my God, we paid Stafford so much. And three years later, holy cow, he's a discount. He's a bargain. If we sign Jared Goff, and there's a lot of there's a lot of season yet to play. Right. If if this is the Jared Goff we get, he doesn't get hurt. All those kinds of all those variables. Right. The guy's going to collect a paycheck and that's it. Think about it as percentage of the cap. Don't get wrapped around how much, especially with inflation. The cap is going to go up. Money is going to go up. Income is going to go up into the league, which means the cap is going to go up. And when that happens, don't worry about the number. Fifty million is crazy. I remember when 20 million was crazy. Guess what? 30 million was crazy once too. 60 million is going to be crazy. 80 million is going to be crazy. The cap is only going to go up. This, this league just can't seem to do anything wrong. And until they do, you just keep paying and you just, it's, it's, it's a percentage of the cap game or if you can get them on a rookie deal, that's it. And well, you well, get and- your rookie deal. You got your Desmond Ritter. <laughs> that's, that's the problem. Or your Malik Willis. That's the problem with your rookie deal. You may not get anything and now you've got nothing, but he's cheap. What does that mean? Well, and there's, there's two things that work there. One, uh, it's easy to forget. He's 28. He's 28 years old. Yeah. yeah. He's, he got, in, in quarterback terms, he could have two contracts left, reasonably, if he keeps playing this well. The other thing is, and again, bringing back to our, our central theme about culture, here's another test for the culture. Yeah. You're, you're preaching about collaboration. You're preaching about how you're working together. You're preaching. Work let that extend to the contract as well. Yep. But whatever you got, the numbers are irrelevant. We've learned the hard way that the salary cap's a myth, right? Yep. Um, how it's structured means everything to the player, to the team. Yep. So figure that part out, work together, have a common goal. They'll get it done. Yeah. I mean, if he keeps playing like this, 
You don't let a guy who's a top five quarterback just walk for a flyer you took on a guy with a bad knee from Tennessee. You're not you're not doing that. No. And by the way, if Hendon Hooker turns out to be good, guess what you just did? You put a trade chip in your arsenal that yeah. could be the icing on the cake down the road. Yep. So yep. pretty nice. So there you go. Yeah. No, again, Brad Holmes, really, really smart fellow. I don't know. I don't really other other than the talk that um from Campbell, I believe it was Campbell, um, talking about the no, it wasn't Campbell. You'll remind me who it is. You've got, you've got a great memory. Um, it was an offensive line. Anyway, whatever. It was that Atlanta was exactly what their film was. They did exactly what was on the film. It was crazy. Thanks, baby. Look at this. Someone who cares. Uh, <laughs> eye drops. Uh, <laughs> um, they didn't change. They didn't change at all from the film. They they didn't do anything differently. And that is crazy that they came in. We studied the film. We didn't have to adjust from it. We didn't have to change anything. We just did what you should have done the last two weeks. And we beat the snot out of the Atlanta Falcons. You know what you should check uh, is the um, about last game video on the Detroit Lions podcast. Who, who because, did that? Uh, a, guy mentioned, a guy mentioned that. He looks a lot like me. That one of the big big takeaways from that game against Atlanta is that the Lions just provided a blueprint to the NFC South and the rest of the NFC of what to do when Arthur Smith shows up. Oh. Because he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a changeup. He doesn't have any off-speed stuff. You take away his fastball, you take away that run game, limit it to 44 yards, take Bijan and all take all the air out of his tires and leave him with 33 yards. And now it's on the arm of Desmond Ritter, and they're done. They're done. Uh, you know, Aiden Hutchinson said that he was surprised they didn't run more. Said, thought they would stay committed to it on third and eight. And they yep. kept trying to drop back, and they kept trying to pass. And guess what? You can't. You don't have that. You don't have that club in the bag. And I think Atlanta's got real problems. If anybody can play them tough up front and then hit them with some, some linebacker play and something resembling a Brian Branch, you can shut them right down. They don't. They don't have anywhere to, else to go. You should. You should listen to that guy. He sounds really smart. It was. Uh, he's pretty sharp for a washed-up ex-radio guy. Wow. All right. There we go. Yeah. Um, Atlanta game. Anything else you want to talk about uh, from these this last week? When I have to say it again, the Detroit Lions eradicated the Atlanta Falcons. Eradicated. What do they do with it? What do they do with it? Yeah. Uh, I think that's the most important question on a short week. Just like with Seattle, different circumstances, right? You, you, what, do you, what do you do with the stinging taste of a loss that you thought you really believed? That team believed they were going to beat Seattle. The crowd was there. It was a Roman Coliseum. Everything's gone. Bananas. They thought they were going to win that game, and they did. So what did they do with it? They got pissed, and they played Atlanta like they were mad, like they had something to prove. Okay, well, now you won. You proved it to yourself. You got right on defense in a lot of ways. I hope Aaron Glenn takes some lessons from that. You get a couple of guys back, maybe Taylor Decker and all that stuff. That's the only thing that I take away from Atlanta. What do you do with that as you get on that plane to Appleton? They still have to play Chicago and Minnesota, too. Minnesota, what a flame out. Uh, we're just going to LOL on FC North after this week. Let's get into our oh, next topic. Let's I, get into our they're, they're but for the Saints freaking kicker. We could have been laughing at everybody. 
They could just hit a field goal. Yeah. Jordan Love's Lambo debut is, but you know, I'll have to wait a few days. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what it looks like going in. Let's get, let's get this team ready. Let's talk about the injury and the depth situation. Numero uno on that list is a young man named Taylor Decker. Not as young by football standards, but an absolute beast and a guy who, if he returns, he fixes it all on the offensive line. Well, he fixes both sides, which is a weird thing to say. Your left tackle comes in, he fixes both sides. Because I'm still, man, I I just, I don't know. I I get that you flip Panay because he's he's an alien and he can just do that on three days' notice and go over there and go, yeah, I'll play left tackle. Um, but now you put him back, and, and I know I was screaming by the time they were on there. By the time they got to skip, I was already out on anything to the right side. Like, just stop running to the right side, please. Just go the other way, you know. Uh, but um, then they got to Sorzal, and they kept going because that right side is so much of that run game because it's been built on an alien. ASP, because Panay Sewell's an alien. Yeah. And so now you get Taylor Decker back, and he fixes both of those. He, fix, I, he locks down the blind side, frees up a tight end because he hates lining up next to him. So you get your tight end, you send him over somewhere else, and then, uh, and then you start running the ball to the right side the way you're designed to, the way you spent your entire offseason getting ready to go. Can I just – there's never been such a heel turn in fandom as – Ah, shit. Matt Nelson's playing the right side. Oh, my God. No, not Matt Nelson hurt. No. (laughs) (laughs) And my poor guy's out for what what could be a really long time. Um, Yeah, that's that's surgery. He's on IR. He's a guy that had a chance to get some real growth in under those live fire exercises. And I think had he played the whole game, would have had some a real opportunity for growth there. Um, some real schooling, a real education, and it, it sucks that he's he's off on IR now. Well, I mean, you're at the point watching that game where you don't know who's next. I mean, like who's, <laughs> I was I was finding myself. I'm like, wait a minute, if if Skip now Skip comes in, you're like, okay, Skip, he got a game ball last year. Everybody yeah. likes Skip. He's great. Eight and a half feet tall, looked ridiculous playing guard last year. It's fun. You go out there. He's always mad because he can't get a contract that lasts for longer than 72 hours. And so you figure he's going to play with some attitude and come out and just smack somebody around. And then he goes down in a pile. I'm like, I don't know. Awasika? Like, who are we like? Who do we line up next? Um, And then it ends up being Sorsdahl. We were down to one left. Yeah. And it's, that's nuts to me. It's how, how, how far down in the uh, in the juice crew we went <laughs> to yeah. to get to 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 play to finish this game. It's crazy, a testament, and we'll talk about him in a little bit when we cover some coaching talk. But a testament to Hank Fraley again this year, just like last year. The weakest, the weakest, the scariest part of this team is the depth on offensive line beyond the starters. There's nothing. It's garbage. Oh my god, we're it's going to be we're fucked at if the they t- if they get hurt. And at the tackle position, it ain't great. Two years in a and row, tackle though. tackle position is not great. Yeah, but Big V goes down and Glasgow comes in. That was a brilliant mm-hmm. move. Mm-hmm. Like Big V has a problem. You hate to see it. But Glasgow came in. You don't miss a beat because Glasgow can play football. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what center looks like. 
Um, you know, I see you peaceful, Tim. Yeah, you got to make sure that Fraley's got a helmet with him in Green Bay. Uh, you know, if you start guys start going down, like suit up. His boys um, playing college ball. He's he put me in, Dad. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. The next couple of drafts, keep grabbing those Soros dolls in the fifth round, guys that you can just put in the pipeline to have as to have his quality up. Because I, I don't think we've made enough of what that kid did. Because he went in and 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 just got after it and put in that work. And I know they asked uh, they asked Ecker about it earlier today. He said, "Yeah, it's killing me." He went in there and he battled. He went in there and really worked. After we tried to make him not a tackle for the last four months, then we're like, yeah, just kidding. Go play tackle in a game. And don't lose it for us. He actually asked him, who's the uh, the pass rusher from Atlanta? Um, I'm forgetting his – I'm blanking on his name. Um, I got you right. I I want to say it's it's 46. Uh, Um, Animata or – No, man – Oh, 46. Uh, Who is it? You got Ellis. He was crazy. Jarrett. Yeah. This is going to drive me nuts. Terrell was playing crazy at the corner. (laughs) Whoever it was that he was blocking, um, they they mentioned it. um, Dupree? Because he, he has his. Yes. Yeah. Dupree. Thank you. He has his jersey. Sorstall does. Yeah. He's got a Dupree jersey. And, and Taylor asked, he actually said that during the interview. He's like, hey, don't you have a Dupree jersey from when you were a kid? He's like, yeah, I do. Because he's still brand new. You know, he's like baby Huey out there. We got to get a beard on that kid. Um, it was, yeah, it, it, was, it was unbelievable, the, the job that he did and the fact that he could go in there and even kind of get it done. Yeah. Um, so all that said, Let's not live through that fresh hell anymore. Let's get Taylor Decker at the left side. Let's put Panay Sewell over there on the right side with Jonah and Glasgow and Frank and plow a path to the end zone and just be done with it. And we'll just stop with the offensive line chat and wondering who's next on the depth chart and which converted long snapper is going to play right tackle. Let's just get our guys out there and do the thing against Green Bay on Thursday night. I like it. Please and thank you. I like it. I like what you said there. Namaste. Namaste. Uh, um, uh, here, one of those. There we go. <laughs> All right. Um, so Decker, uh, one of the injury guys that we were hoping to see back, sounds like he should be. Uh, Matt Nelson sucks as a kid who was learning, who had a chance to to make a real leap. That's that's a tough one. Uh, Montgomery, Monte <sighs> could be back. Wants to be back would be absolutely Boy, huge. I was, I, I'll just, before we, we get to, to Monty too, too much. Um, I was, I was a little bit nervous about Ja because we were basically putting him in the Monty role and I'm, he's not built the same way. And I'm just, I don't want him to get all those between the tackle rep hits it worked it worked and he's got to be able to carry the load i know that but it's the same kind of thing where you have a guy like that and you're like i don't want him returning kicks i don't want him returning kicks because it's just it's not it's not the it's it's too much risk right and that's where i was with ja um but he did it he did it he carried the load power to the guy uh he, he took the role he didn't shy away from it and he ground down and at the by by the end of the game he was he was ripping out some some nice yardage on some of those plays but it will be absolutely wonderful if we could get our guy 
if we could get our guy, David Montgomery, back on the field. Yeah, 100%. Um, I don't think one should negate the other. Uh, and I say that because DeAndre Swift has rolled off 28 for 175 and 16 for 130 in the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's also a guy that was supposed to be too slight of frame to do that sort of thing. Now, we'll see if he can do it for a whole month. That might be where my or, PTSD comes or from. six weeks. Right. My, my, that could be. I, I've, right. I could be conditioned and I'm pecking the, pecking the little fucking button waiting for some seed to come down. <laughs> I uh, I am I am on the record as wanting to see as much twenty one personnel as possible. I I, I want to see both backs on the field. I think both of these guys. I, I think we compartmentalized them. We said, "Well, Jaws the shifty, shapeless. He's the guy with no definition. He's neither man nor beast. He's vapor." Uh, as opposed to a guy like, no, he's a running back. He's a running back from Alabama. He's a guy you, you turn around and you hand him the ball and he goes that way. And then with Monty, we did the other thing with Demo. We're like, well, he's the sledgehammer back. We're just going to pound his head into a you know, big wall of steel until he breaks in half. As opposed to a guy that also can play in the pass game, can, can run routes, has great hands, has shifty uh, elusiveness, all those things. Get him on the field at the same time. Have those roles be ambidextrous. I don't think you can uh, – scared money don't make money. And you can't be afraid to let the running back you took at 12 play running back. The Atlanta Falcons aren't afraid to take their running back and let them play running back. You got, I, think, I think we did that. I think that's something we're guilty of. I don't think Ben Johnson did that. I don't think Dan Campbell does that. Um, you know, and I, I want to see those guys in a multitude of roles because the more they can do, the more you have to defend, the harder everything is. Here's something I would love to see. And I think it's very possible that this game is the the Lions under Dan Campbell have been found so many diamonds out of rough times. Giving Ja this opportunity where he had to carry the load, he had to run between again, as much as I don't like it, like I said, I admit it's probably PTSD. But the fact that he had to get a groove, he had to be an NFL running back and he did it and he found success. I think back to that week one where he said, oh, my God, all the angle ground in front of me to the end. Oh, fuck, I fell. That kind of thing. I think there was right. just a little bit of the yips, a little bit of that. You know what? I've, I've got to find my groove. I had, and, he's, and he was he was that ethereal offensive weapon, bro. And he wasn't just getting the reps to get the groove, to find it and, and get the confidence it needs. This may have been a, if you will, sort of a get right game. For Jameer Gibbs, in which he can go and believe in himself in that ethereal role and take that role. I think you're still going to see him take some of those runs up the middle, like we said, to keep people honest, because you can't get Monty can catch. We saw him make some sweet ass fingertip grabs in training camp. The fact that they can both do that and you can switch them up just scrambles the hell of the defense's eggs. Uh, I So I, I, I love it. I love that you can do that. I just think that there's an opportunity or a potential here that Gibbs had himself a I found my groove in the NFL kind of game. I'm right and I'm ready now kind of a situation. Well, and he's a guy in his third game. So, yeah, of course. I mean, with the, all of the changes and the fact that, you know, I can't remember who it was. It was another one of the it was another one of the, the lazy 
people in the locker room that asked the questions. I don't want to name names uh, because I don't I don't is know the their one, name. Is he the one that doesn't watch? His I hear. I, no, it wasn't. Like I said, if I <laughs> if I say too much, I'll give it away. Uh, but it's a chronic thorn in my side when I hear this person asking questions, and they're like. The, the question was, you know, what do you like about getting ready for these primetime games? He's like, well, I've only been in one. And that was – and they are just kind of like, late. yeah, I've been here for three weeks, man. <laughs> like, you can't talk to me like I've been doing this for five years and I've yeah. got all this experience. I guess it's cool, but I don't know any better. I started on a Thursday night. That's 30% of my playing time so far. So you can't, you can't underestimate experience and the fact that he's got to learn just like everybody has to learn about game speed. I think we've seen some things where he's waiting for an Alabama-sized hole in the line. Yeah. He's waiting for something that looks like it did in college. That doesn't exist in the NFL. So you got to, you know, we watched Hard Knocks last year, right? And, and Deuce absolutely with his head on fire going, go, get up field. Turn in, don't go out. You're not outrunning everybody. There's, you know, don't when you're built that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. You know, and I think I think you you have to learn that. You have to learn that as an NFL runner. And I don't I don't imagine he was used a great deal like that in training camp. That wasn't necessarily the plan. It needs to be a part of the plan. Doesn't need to be the whole thing. I'm not saying you hand it off and just, you know, do B gap dives all game long, but you got to be able to give them the ball in a running situation because pretty soon you end up in a place where you're tipping the defense based solely on personnel. And we saw that last year with Jamal and Swift. You knew certain things about the play call because it was not coming off tackle if DeAndre was in the game, period, full stop. So get ready to set the edge because he's going that way. All right. Moving on from life in the injury lane. Uh, we're going to get into quick reminder, St. Jude, one of the best, Good if thing. not the best charities out there. Uh, help us out. Help us raise some money for St. Jude. St. Jude.org slash DLP. Your fully tax deductible donation goes to ensure that families never pay a dime when they seek care for their child with cancer, put them up in a place to stay, get them food, get their kid the care they need, the whole thing. And it is a fantastic charity. Um, we have on the 3rd of November, our 24 hour podcast a thon will have a number of great guests. Gray is going to join us, of course. Uh, we'll do 24 hours straight podcasting, streaming, the whole thing. And we've got some 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 bonkers size guests, the biggest, most well-known guests we've ever had on the show coming this year. Uh, it's going to be a great time. 24 hours uh, of broadcasting all about raising money for St. Jude. We've got some great prizes. If you have anything you want to donate, hit me up at contact at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Contact at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. We're taking donations, but we have some autographed balls. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Uh, we have an awesome Hank's Tank shirt signed by the entirety of the starting offensive line for the Detroit Lions. <laughs> and Hank. Ooh, did you get Santa Claus's <laughs> signature too? How many other figments of my imagination did you get signatures from? We got Hank Fraley's signature on there as well. Uh, we've got some great stuff going on in the auction to raise money, stuff that you definitely collectors will absolutely want, some one-of-a-kind stuff that you won't find anywhere else. And again, like I said, 24 hours of broadcast 
podcasting. Help us get there, though. Go to stjude.org slash DLP. If you got a a million dollars, whatever you got, toss it in there, toss it in the bucket, help us raise some money. Uh, We're doing the season for St. Jude to help those families out. So thank you all who help, uh, help us along the way, uh, raise money for these families and to make their lives a little bit better place. I almost scratched my eye. Uh, Okay. Let's move on to the next thing. (laughs) How many times you going to do just once, just once. Um, this is a this is an interesting uh, topic, and this is one that I wanted to wanted to talk about because as, as I as I started looking across the Lions schedule, I just started getting chubby, getting a chubby, getting well, no, excited, man. getting you know, you, to the happy place. Any hey. <sighs> I don't need to be there for any of that. And careful with that jalapeno stuff that's on your hand. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, any, any coach worth their salt would tell you, you never look ahead that the next game is the most important game. Uh, that's Dan Campbell's version. Pete Carroll's version is every week is a championship opportunity. Uh, we're O and O and blah, 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 blah. But yeah, I mean, that's why this Packers game is so important because when you looked at the schedule as a Lions fan, you went, Chiefs, Seahawks, at Packers on short rest in the first four weeks. Thanks for nothing with a trip to Arrowhead and a trip to Lambeau. But here they are at 2-1 and one with an opportunity to make an absolutely massive statement about where the NFC North is, where they are, who they are, and then get ready for teams that are not the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead, that are not the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau, that are not the Seattle Seahawks who just have their freaking number, right? Just speaking of figments of my imagination, a competitive game against Seattle would be on that list. Uh, <laughs> it's still mad. I'm still salty. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's amazing when you start breaking it down week by week. Um, you know, Panthers, Bucks, Raiders, eh, Chargers. Chargers going to Charger. Um, that Ravens game, yeah, that's a tough one. That's you know that's not fun. They're never fun to play. No, no. Um, but yeah, there's this. some stuff laying out there. It starts to this. feel pretty good. We have the we'll, we're gonna talk about this shortly. The Packers game coming up. That's gonna be an interesting take. Carolina whew, having a tough year. Thought we were gonna be facing a different team. Um, yeah, they're on the enemies list though. Got to deal with those guys for what they did last year. I'm still that was the worst game of last season for my money. Yeah. I, I, everything about that game, I hate it. I lost a bottle of whiskey to a guy from Carolina in my living room last year but because of that game. This year, they're playing on our field. They don't have to play in that right. concrete ass bullshit. After that, going to Tampa. Tampa last night, I don't know if you saw. Yeah. Oof, woof. Not great, Pop. <laughs> from there, Baltimore. Ravens are an interesting team. Uh, that'll be in Baltimore. Yeah. You get two ways. Then you got the Raiders on Monday night at home. <laughs> ahead of the bye and that's uh, what happens in the that's Raiders the game that's right that's the JMO game that's right devil's friend. night yes sir no, I, I, I hearken I hearken from Detroit at a time when devil's night was a thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. go to the Rouge River Bridge and watch the whole city burn yeah um, those so, are the days man yeah but yeah we get <laughs> we get JMO, he gets to come out and get an early start on Halloween and dress like a football player. It'll be hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> uh, we got a 
Got to, you've got some teams you have to deal with, right? I mean, you see these guys any given week. Somebody get, the Bears are going to beat somebody, maybe, probably they might, they could. Like every year, there's a team. They're, 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 you know, the Broncos are favored <laughs> after losing by they, fifty. <laughs> I don't know, bro. And I think I think the here's the thing. I think the Bears are all in on the tank. Because it is such an absolute disaster there, and I think what are they? Are we going to well, trade away the number one pick every year? They don't have a choice. They don't have a choice. I wonder if our guy's going to go and say, you know what? I want nil money money more than to play for the Bears. I'm not going to take the draft this year and going to really torch their plans because that's the only thing better than getting your lawnmower stolen out of Chicago Soldier Field. Uh, that is that would be fantastic. I, oh my god, I would love it. Um, so yeah, so look, we, then we go to the bye week after the Raiders and then you have the chargers. So you had some extra time to, to juice up for the chargers. It's in LA, right? But again, you get a little extra time. You can get rid of the time change. You can be ready. That's fine. Bears. At That's going to be a home game. Yeah. That chargers oh, yeah. game. It's going to oh, yeah. be a home game. Yeah. So nobody, so Tampa. nobody goes to those chargers games. Nope. Tampa's the same way. My man, Tampa is going to be the same way. Uh, so those would be great. Uh, so then you go to the bears at home. You got Green Bay at home. You got the Saints at home who couldn't beat Green Bay. <laughs> then you, you go to the Bears, which is the only cold game outside we have on December 10th. Cold on December. Who knows? Then you have the Broncos at home. Then you have Vikings, Dallas Vikings, and Dallas looks very exposed after this week. I mean, we'll that's see. A, that's we'll one of those games yeah. where I say anybody can get you. I don't know if a lot of people are going to make Dallas look like that again. They're, Here's how the turntables are too good to lose that many games. Here's how the turntables. Okay. The Detroit lions are starting the run. That was the nineties run of the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are starting the nineties run of the Detroit lions. They will play spoiler for us and they will be that as we race to three Super Bowls, <laughs> that's the, the that's what's going to happen, and then I'm okay with that. I, would, I hate them, but I'm. I, okay. would, t- I would take that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I would take I would. that. Absolutely, I would. So, uh, but just looking at the schedule, I mean, I hate to be. This is this is. I hate this is early. You never look ahead. You've, you're playing Thursday. That's it. We've talked about it. But my friend. I smell the playoffs. (laughs) I just look at the schedule, what's left. And I think the lions are a lot tougher than the schedule. If, 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 if injuries say, okay, the guys that are coming back when they come back, just set us up really well. I, I, I feel really good about the rest of the season, bro. Well, and here's the, here's the thing. And here's how you bring it all the way back. And, and if you were a coach or you were somebody trying to get the attention of your locker room, that's why this game in Green Bay is so important because the schedule lines up the way it does, because there are teams that aren't the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead and aren't the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau and aren't the Seattle Seahawks on your schedule. You don't want to set yourself up with those early losses yes. because you have an opportunity to potentially had some stats, run up some wins, beat some teams you should beat and not be in a position where it's November, December, and you're sweating every single week because you don't have but a cuticles width between you and falling out of the playoff race or falling out of the division race or whatever the case. You've got to get this game against the Packers. Yes. And and emphatically so. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. You do. And that's, and that's the other part because look, I don't want to say the schedule's soft, but the schedule's a little bit soft there in the last half of the season. I mean, two Chicago's, the Saints, the Broncos. I mean, <laughs> it's like, come on. And I mean, you're looking at the 0 3 Vikings potentially just having shut it down by then at the end of the season, right? You have everything you need, not only to make the playoffs, but to have a home playoff game, to not have to go to Soldier Field in January to play your first playoff game away. Right? Nobody's, no one's nobody's, going, to nobody's going to Soldier Field in January to play a playoff game for a bit. The only okay, reason it's going to be a while is to, is to knock the place down. Uh, <laughs> the wrecking ball will be there. No, there, there's, there's, you're not going to some crappy place. Right. This is the opportunity you have. It's not just the opportunity to make the playoffs. It's the opportunity to have a home game and set yourself up for a playoff victory. And it goes exactly to what you said. This Green Bay game, these early games, that Seattle game sucks. But it was Kansas City, Seattle, Atlanta, which Atlanta wound up being a lot better team, especially after those first two weeks than anyone thought. And we wound up two and one out of that. My friend, that's that we've we we have we have conquered what could be the hardest run of the season. If we win against green Bay, if we win green Bay, I will confidently say we've won the toughest four games in a row of the entirety of the season. And we've placed ourselves in the, in, in the driver's seat. Here I am week three talking about the Detroit lions, but we've placed ourselves in the driver's seat for a playoff run. My friend. Well, Think of not, that. not for nothing, not for nothing. <sighs> I love your enthusiasm. You are getting entirely carried away. <laughs> I know, I know. You like, you like, I, I love it. I love it. That's it's one of the things about this show. Back before we met, when I would listen to you guys, I'm like, this dude's tail is at full wag at all times. Like the Lions could get drilled by 35, and he's on Monday. He's going to tell me how they're going to turn this all around and rainbows and sunshine. No, and it wasn't be great. that bad. Um, I just understood what they were trying to do. I, was, I understood what they were trying to do. And if they yeah, could get their shit together, <laughs> it could have been all right. Well, that's the part, oh, though. No. That's the, the, uh, yeah, everybody understood what they were trying to do. I just never actually seen them do it. No, the other teams um, knew what they were doing. No, they knew the place they were calling. That was the freaking yeah. problem. Oh, <sighs> so, so, yeah, I think, uh, I think all of all of that holds up because just like every year there are, you know, there are teams that are supposed to be good and supposed to contend that don't, there are teams that nobody's expecting to be good that are. And so when you see the way that the schedule lines up, having a first month where you come out and you're competitive and you set yourself up to maximize the advantage you can have, right? You, you want to set yourself up to where you can take advantage of the soft spots on the schedule, which are on route and all of the things that you're going to get when you get your, number your number 12 draft pick from a year ago when he comes back all of those things there are there are steps you can take now to maximize them and they start right there deal with the cheese heads deal with the packers find a way to win this game it'd be the second time in a month has seen the lions go on the road and beat someone they know yeah it it sets up it sets up your locker room for all the confidence you need. You start to get players back off the injured list. All of those things. The softness of the schedule emphasizes the current game. Like that's in in my mind. That's the underlining. I was right the, the general thought in the chat is get carried away, Chris. Get carried away. I so here's the thing, right? <laughs> 
No, people count on you, you for can, that, man. You when, can when, never. When I'm on a ledge, ever. I need that. I need your positivity. <laughs> it's it's the therapy part of me, right? You can never, ever look at a schedule and tell what's going to happen in the season. People do the the schedule release. We're going to tell you our yeah. predictions. The end of, of right. training camp. We're going to tell you our predictions. Quarter of the way through the season. Halfway through the season. Three quarters. Everyone's going to tell you what's going to happen, right? But this is the Lions, and it's a team that was freaking one and six last year that has a really good possibility right now. Just looking at the next two games. Okay. And judging by what the first three games in the season went like this team could be four and one after five games. And that would not surprise anybody right now. It's, it's entirely in the realm of possibility. You go beyond that, of course, it gets hard. There's injuries. There's all those things that happen. But in the moment, and this is where I was talking about it after the Kansas City game. We may lose against, we may, we may lose to Seattle. Enjoy the moment when you have it. You're a Lions fan. You've had so many shitty moments, so many good times stolen away from you. So many heartbreaks. When you have the moment, don't be scared. Don't hide. Enjoy it, man. Fucking believe. Just go for it. Enjoy it. You, you, your heart's been broken before. It'll get broken again. Fuck it. Enjoy the moment and be happy. God damn it. <laughs> like your carpe diem approach to being a football fan. Uh, yeah. No, and, and like I said, it's uh, last week, you and I did the postgame show. I told you before the game against Atlanta, I didn't feel it. Yeah. I, you know what? And then, and then this coaching staff showed what it can do. Grab the locker room by the face, got everybody playing up to their talent level, and they go in and they take care of business. Well, yep. now, you, now, can you do it two weeks in a row? Can you do it in a hostile environment? Can you find the weaknesses in what Green Bay has showed you with their new quarterback? All of these things. It's more questions to answer. If you get through the first month of the season and you're sitting at three and one, well, you've set yourself up. Yeah. You know, you've given yourself the opportunity to do all of the wonderful sunshine, rainbow, bright things that you're talking about. Um, I like it. I, I like the way it sounds. But first, there's Thursday night. Got to take care of business or none of that other stuff. It's not all gone, but certainly uh, you've, you know, you've diminished an opportunity. Win wanna, on the road in the division. I just want to put everyone on notice. If we beat the Packers, and especially if we beat them good, I am going to be the most insufferable prick anyone's ever met. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. If we beat down those Packers in Lambeau, and I I encourage you all to join me on on that ball drag through Green Bay because it's going to be great. We <laughs> It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Please let it be. Please let it be. Please let it be. All right. Let's uh, <laughs> keep moving. <laughs> Something else we got to talk about about this team. And it's about the coaching staff. And this is one of the things we like to do. We like to have balance. We like to have our optimism about the team, but we also like to have balance in our reporting. And last week, a lot of the conversation was Aaron Glenn, hot seat. He, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Right. He's going to be gone. He's going to fail. Everything's on fire. That was, that was the the sense coming into Atlanta. He was not wrong. He had a lot to prove. He was, no, he was coaching for it. Yep. I think, you know, I mean, yep. Yep. He, you could lose your mind and say that it it was already over. That's silly. But I, he was definitely coaching for it. And I think I I was absolutely of that mind just because that Seattle loss looked too familiar. 
It just looked too familiar, too, too many elements. And he fixed it. And, you know, again, going back to some of the great content on, uh, on the site, you know, it took him six days. Last year, it took him six weeks. So good. We've accelerated the curve. Now he's got a chance to do it again in a much more important environment. Um, got to go out and get another win. Got to make Jordan Love look like a rookie. I know he's been in the league for seven years while he sat and watched Aaron Rodgers. But uh, you got you to gotta make him look like a guy who started three games in a row and is still throwing about 53% completions. You got to make him look like that guy. I'm going to say, A.G. and Glenn, what happened to him was Pete Carroll. I'm, it's, it, yes. I, it feels yes. a whole lot like Bill Belichick and the Miami Dolphins. Bill Belichick ran a couple of dynasties through New England. And Miami had his number for the entirety of that time. You, they they split every year. Back when the Lions were good, and I don't know if people remember this, Tampa Bay was in the division. They were the shittiest yeah. team in the NFL, and we always freaking split with them. I don't know why. Yep. I, and it cost us so yeah. much every time. It was it was like clockwork. But that's what Miami was. They had Belichick's number. I feel like that's the Pete Carroll situation. And I think of all the matchups as we make our march to the Super Bowl to humiliate Patrick Mahomes again, this time with Kelsey, that maybe I'm ahead of myself on that one. But yeah, you get, you get a little bit. Little bit, little but little bit. Careful, we Mr. Gotta, Taylor Swift. He's got a lot on his plate right now. We got to hope that we don't face the Seattle Seahawks again because that will be the undoing of AG. I'm telling you, I, I just don't, I don't have confidence that Aaron Glenn can beat Pete Carroll. And that's scary because I have confidence that Aaron Glenn can take this defense to beat just about any other team in the league. What is down to he just can get him game. if he plays him again. He can get him if he plays him scary. a second time. Okay. Yeah, it is. But what a great, what a great place to be, um, to, to evolve to a point where we're worried about playoff implication. That's fun. That's fun, right? Mm. <laughs> you know, that's not something we would have been talking about that long ago. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, Pete Carroll's a pretty good coach. And he's got a pretty good idea of what they do. And they can throw a bunch of weapons at you that you know, make them really hard to deal with. Um, I like AG's chances if they have to play the Hawks again in the same year. I don't have a problem with that one. I, I don't have a problem with that one at all. I think, I think what he's got to do is prove that he can cook up. He can cook up what he did against Atlanta, which is to say, take away their fastball. That's what Bill Belichick does. Beat me with your off-speed stuff. If you can do that, great. But I'm taking your fastball. And you're not going to be able to throw heat at me. And so we'll see. And again, you know, going to the schedule, you go from Patrick Mahomes to Geno, Desmond Ritter, Jordan Love. AG is smart enough to undo Jordan Love. Yeah. Now he's just got to go do it. Yep. Um, Eric Manish, have confidence, Chris. You have the confidence of your... Have the confidence of your unclean fingers rubbing your eyes. They're clean. They're just full of jalapeno oils. That's all. It's bad, bad. That thing. means they're not clean. That's what that means. That means you didn't wash your hands after you handled hot peppers, you ding dong. 
but they're they're clean. There is no germ that's surviving that. I'm telling you right now. Um, <laughs> Peaceful tin. Damn it, Chris just pissed in my Cheerios, but Grace switched me bowls. <laughs> All right, let's let, AG. We talked through AG had his um his redemption game. AG, he he. It's going to be interesting. Uh, one of the things the next guy we talked about said he he can be a tough guy to live with. And I basically think that that our our coach and mentor and love Dan Campbell, <laughs> Big Dong Dan, um, as I think his name was listed in in the post game show that that was the name underneath him. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> I you guarantee he was not a happy man to anyone this last week and i think the idea of hey yeah you know a a lot of the rah-rah was gone and it became f you get it together and people said i don't like this dan campbell because he's a big mean scary guy even the players look at dan campbell and say he's a big mean scary guy i like nice dan i like good dan i like friendly dan i like dan who slaps me on the ass not the one that punches me in the mouth we need the happy dan back what do we got to do and i think that was exactly what this team needed from its head coach they needed to see ugly dan show up and put him in their place and show him the disappointment and the anger and tell them to get their shit straight, or I'm coming in there to straighten it for you. I think that's a lot of what happened. I think Campbell showed a lot of character. The other thing I've seen in Dan Campbell this year, and it's 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 a significant change from what we've seen the last couple of years. The last couple of years, you could tell he was a young coach, a little bit rookie, not not unsure of himself, but not that kind of long in the tooth, seen it before been there confidence lead from the i mean he was leading from the front but it was different he was like i'm learning too right you know i don't his eye his look in his eyes the way he's approaching the way he's speaking is different this year there's a different swagger in his walk a confidence in him about the role he has this year that's different and i think this is part of this evolved dan campbell this year i want people to watch for that because i think big dong dan is is different and i think it's good for this team and i think it's 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 one of the things we we didn't see from jim schwartz uh jim shorts uh back in the day he had one speed jim caldwell had one speed he, and even matt patricia had one speed it was everything i'm a hammer i'm a screwdriver I'm an ice pick and everything's either a nail, a screw or a block of ice they had no other tools in the toolbox and dan campbell is is a multi-function tool. <laughs> my my metaphor is stretched. Uh, he 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 a has a lot more. Jokes in one reference, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, someone else is twelve. Thank Tools you. And dogs <laughs> and um, but no, I think I think you're seeing sides of Dan Campbell that other coaches didn't have, and a maturity to Dan Campbell that maybe we haven't seen. Maybe it was always there, but this year he's not one note, Dan. He's there's a lot to him. It's the evolution uh, with Jim Schwartz, who I, you know, I, I got to spend some time with him in one of his years there in Detroit and, and got to know him. And he was, he never got to this phase of the evolution. Dan's bona fides are established. It's been two years of bringing in your guys and getting them to buy in. Now you've got everybody there and everybody bought in. And now there are consequences when you fall out of line. 
you heard it if you listen to the um, the the players. They did a whole collection of players today in the media session. Repeatedly, different guys talked about the standard. Taylor Decker mentioned the standard. Jack Campbell mentioned the standard. They've had this drilled into their heads that, look, man, we've, we've made it past the point where we're trying to get the concrete to cure. This is it. And you've already seen it. There, there were guys that just mysteriously disappeared from training camp for a day or two, weren't in the facility. Where were they? Mm, they weren't sick. They weren't injured. They weren't excused. Wonder what happened. Did somebody send them home because they were screwing around? What happened to Bugs? Bugs gets a big free agent contract. Comes back, was a little too fat and happy in the offseason. Sits for two weeks. Goes through the, his, works through his own, you know, shame spiral on Twitter and has everybody guessing on what's going on. Well, that's, that's your head coach going, no, not anymore. There's, there's no wiggle room. We are here to win games. And if you're not doing what you have to do to help us win games, you will go away. Um, you know, and I, I think with Jim Schwartz, you never got to that phase of the evolution. With Matt Patricia, it was never possible because he's just such a reprehensible human pencil holder. Um, there, I think with there Caldwell, was no you, chance with those guys. Even with Caldwell. Because the, one, the one common denominator amongst all of them is none of them had the talent to be able to pull a guy off the field that was that did something like that wrong because the the fall off was mighty yeah i think with caldwell his bona fides were established they just weren't what you needed he he was what he was he was a fully finished coaching product by the time he got to detroit as opposed to schwartz or patricia um you know who we've seen you know matt patricia has gone on to nothing <laughs> And Jim Schwartz looks pretty good in Cleveland right now. That defense yeah. is scary. Uh, he could screw around and get another chance at a head coaching gig if he keeps doing things the way he's doing in Cleveland. With with Dan Campbell now, I think you you know you you do the thing when you're new on the job. You ingratiate yourself. You make sure you you know who your allies are. You know who your friends are. And then when the time comes, you got to start holding people accountable because yeah. it's a result based business. And he'll be the first head out the door. He knows that. Mm -hmm. He's been in the league long enough to know that you can't lose lots of years in a row. They change everything. So they believe they have the talent. He told us that. They, they believe they have the coaching staff. He told us that. So when the performance doesn't match that, he's holding people accountable. Yeah. I just, I, I think one, and there's everything's multivariate, but I think one of the key variables for all three of those guys was they couldn't bench people. And that's, and we saw that. We had teams that had really <laughs> good talent, but below that talent, when someone got injured, it all went away. It just melted because oh, sorry. The, below the talent. I thought level. you meant bench press. <laughs> no, but, but to, below the talent line of the starters, there was yeah. nothing. And Martin Mayhew was right. a guy who was, his hits were gigantic. He hit home runs, but his misses were just, it just, voracious whiffs, man, just voracious. And he yeah. could never get enough talent on the team to, to leave his coaches uh, the the power to sit people. He benched Stafford. Caldwell did, but that was, that was crazy. All right, I want to get on to somebody else. Uh, ben Johnson. This is one a lot of people talked about. Ah, I'm worried everyone's going to have him figured out. Ah, they're going to have Ben Johnson figured out. Oh, Ben Johnson's figured out. Ben Johnson's just running the ball into your freaking teeth. <laughs> He's, ben right. Johnson's playing old school football right now. He's playing around with some formations, doing a little bit. 
But I, I, I just, I really think that Ben is setting up the rest of the season with what he's doing right now. We're not seeing the, 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 um, the, the crazy scientist, mad scientist Johnson here. Um, Johnson power. We're not seeing all that Johnson power. Um, we're just seeing the Juice Crew out there doing their thing, and I have a feeling that this is just a mighty setup that uh, somewhere in this schedule. Maybe it's now. Maybe it's against the Packers. There's going to be a, a timeline shift on this offense, and all the film is just going to be in the garbage can after this week for the Lions because it's a whole new, whole new offense all of a sudden. Ben's pulling out a different set of well, Yeah, and it's still top ten. So you know, yards per game, the Lions are eighth. So they're still they're still chewing up yards, right? Yeah. Um, you're seeing it even with even with different looks. Uh, you know, they haven't. They're not quite top ten in points right now, um, but this is a this is an offense that just keeps producing. And like I said, last week against Atlanta, six guys had carries and four guys had receptions. What? I said what? It doesn't even make any sense. It's crazy. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it, the the rumors of Ben Johnson's demise may have been greatly exaggerated. Yeah, he's looked pretty good. This offense looks pretty good, and part of that owes itself to the conversation we had earlier about Jared Goff. I have something I just I have to try really quick. I don't know how well this is going to work, but this came from the chat. It came in. Let me see if I can get this on here. And here we go. I believe, and let me know, Brandon, I believe that's a class full of third graders. <laughs> Give it us the FTP chat. I love it. I love it. All that right. It <laughs> warms your heart. It does. It does. This, to all you folks who say that our teachers are not treating our children right and not teaching them the most important lessons, you are wrong. We have a great teacher like Brandon out there bringing the right message to our children. Thank you, Brandon, for for showing the lay way of the future to our children. Uh, that is awesome. I, that is going to be in the, in the rotation. It is coming. Thank you, Brandon. Um, okay. Let's get on to somebody else. I want to talk about um, Hank Fraley. Um, I don't know if anybody Yo, knows this. Hank, we've already answered the question about him. We, yeah, we, we talked a little bit about him, but the one thing I'll talk about, because it's true for him, is it true for the next guy, it's true for Ben, Campbell, AG, all the guys that we've talked about. And I don't think people recognize this. After the Atlanta game, they did the press, congratulated the players, patted them on the head, good job, kids, go have a good day, we're going to get back to practice soon. Every single one of those coaches went back to Allen Park and worked all night long. They slept there that yeah. night. They're Thursday hoping night they're hoping to see their families today. Yeah. That's the well, first time. First chance. Yeah. Right. There's all well, kinds life of work. In the NFL for sure. Yeah. These guys and, and I don't know. I mean, we get to celebrate. We get to sit back and go like, yeah, woo, living it. Then you get victory Monday and you get all that going on. And now it's Tuesday and we can we've got a little bit deeper analysis, had some time to rewatch and do some things. These guys haven't stopped. These guys barely watched the film from this game. They're all in on Green Bay. I mean, they did what they could on pre-work, but they have they have they had to watch the Green Bay game. 
They had to see what happened with the Saints. What did the Saints do that worked? What did the Saints do that didn't work? Kick. What else happened in that game? But they had to figure that out. They got to figure out the run game plan. They've got to figure out the pass game plan. They got to marry those together. There's a lot of work that these coaches are doing. And folks, I don't think these guys get enough credit for the amount of time and effort doing what they're doing. They get paid. Yeah, they get a lot of money. But for the amount of time and time away from your family, it is something really, really big. And it's it's something like people talk about Ben Johnson. You have a guy who's got kids, who has a lifestyle with kids, who maybe doesn't want to spend a whole lot of time in that head coaching gig because it's even more time away, even more time. in right. the front. Like what happened to Nagy? And, and and what was the other guy? Their, what their, their kids at the football game getting harassed because the Bears weren't doing good. Who wants that right. hanging on them as their kids are growing up, right? There, there's a lot of negatives to being coaches. The whole idea of young coaches is relatively new in the NFL. Like McVay was one of the early ones, right? And it's a whole different season of life for these guys. I don't think it's like a guy who's 50, 55 years old becoming a head coach. A guy who's 30, 35 being a head coach, it's it carries a whole different set of baggage for your family with you. You can't just pick up a move somewhere else and make it all go away. Um I just I think yeah, people underestimate what that is and and then and what it takes to go do all that stuff. Well, and going back to Jim Schwartz and my conversations with him, I mean, he, he flat out told me, he goes, training camp comes around and I say goodbye to my family. I'm not going to see him again for months with any regularity. I'm not going to make any, I'm not going to anybody's games. I'm not going to anybody's recitals. I'm not going to get to see your school play. You know, I'm out. And this is the price we pay for, for the job. It's, it's a grind yeah. for these coaches, um, which is why so many of them opt out of it. Eventually, they just yep. don't want to deal with it because it'll age you. Um, and it's Peyton. a testament, certainly, to this staff and the way that, and the way that you know, there are so many former players, so many guys that understand what kind of a, a grist mill the NFL season is. Yeah. Um, Sean Payton, this could be the one that ends him, right? How many guys, I don't want to say have a breakdown, yeah. right? But they just get broken and disappear. What's the, I can't even remember the well, the guy from the the guy who's in Thailand who who's the Arizona coach I forgot his name already um, ran away to Thailand to, to hide last year's coaching in for the, uh, oh, the Cardinals yeah yeah, um, yeah. no I, I I can't I know I, he, about. look at that I can't remember his name but he's gone he he was like I'm out it's 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 really a tough deal man and and it and it it breaks you it's hard right everywhere you go in that town and the other towns you worked everybody knows yeah. you and like Gase with the crazy eyes. Everywhere he goes, I see Adam yeah. Gase. I walk up, I'm going to be going, you know, <laughs> how can you not, right? Uh, Jim Mora, playoffs, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, it's all people say yeah. to him probably till the, till the, till the end. I, it's, it's, it's a tough deal, and it's a, it's a lot to carry. You, Kingsbury, thank you, Cliff Kingsbury. That's, yeah. it's, it's, you have to be built for and want that, period. It's a lot. So I just, again, it, it, for some guys, they're built for it, and that's their thing. Some guys are built for it, and they're not good at it, and then that's what winds up happening, right? Um, very, very few actually wind up winning in the end, and that's got to be a hard thing to stare at. Who has the yeah. arrogance to step into a job that could basically ruin your personal life for as long as you, you got to move to Thailand after it's over? 
if you don't win who has the arrogance to think no no i'm different and i can do that it's a special kind of cat that does that job bro well and think about this every team has coaches that are putting in these kind of hours including the chicago bears including the denvers including these teams that are objectively terrible and you know it's week three yeah you if you're a chicago bears if you're a member of that coaching staff you have 14 more weeks of not being able to turn on a television not being able to go out in public worrying about what people are going to say to your your children and your families um so yeah it, take your wife out to dinner on the bye week and have people screaming no. at you that you better be oh back in the facility building out a game plan because you can't win a game you stupid idiot like think about it yep. man i mean whew, yep who can live like so that? yeah as good as good as it is um for us right now um yeah it's the same job when you suck yeah it's the same job when you suck and yeah. these this coaching staff has paid that tab they went through year one. They sucked. They went through year two and let you know disappointed everybody with the way they stumbled out of the gate and then had to pull themselves out of the tailspin they were in. Now, going back to the original point about Dan Campbell, no more of that. Yeah. Not even not even gonna slip slide in that direction for a second. Fix it. Have that game against the Seahawks? No, 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 no. We're not going into a five week slide. Yep. Fix it. Yep. And they did. So yep. now they just need to fix them dudes he just posted pictures of aubrey pleasant on the defensive side of the locker room and aelin on the offensive side of the room and wrote the word you underneath it <laughs> and everybody got the word 100%. And said, off and running sir <laughs> and they got it done all right one right. other coach i want to talk oh, about well, one other guy, he doesn't get much, and there's there's a ton of coaches on the team that deserve credit. But now all kinds of guys are doing great work. But there's 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 one other guy I want to talk about that's kind of unsung and does uh, and has done amazing work. Kelvin Shepard, the the Derek Barnes story this year, of course Jack Campbell coming up, Anceloni, sorry, a Captain Anceloni, what he's done this year, holy donkey balls, bro. Kelvin Shepard, as a coach in that unit, has worked magic. We rode off, both of us rode off Derek Barnes. And I did it mostly because Wisco's uh, uh, in, in the slack is a, is a Purdue guy, and he was all in on him. I said, well, pff, there's the kiss of death, right? No, no, no. Right. Our, our guy is, is ripping it. Is ripping it three games in, looking great. That speed, he's not an unguided missile. Right. He's he's out there doing some real work, being a wrecking ball. Love it. And I think a lot of that harkens to Kelvin Shepard and, and how he's grown as a coach and what he's bringing to those linebackers and what he's brought to that defense. Yeah. First of all, Derek Barnes, highest rated defender by PFF. I mean, I know plenty of people think PFF is a four letter word, but not for nothing. They broke down every single snap and thought he was the best player on that defense. Uh, Brian Branch may want a word. Um but yeah, you've got a you got a guy that keeps working like everybody else, like everybody else on the staff, you know, because Derek Barnes was a guy that could have just gotten away. He's a, he's a later round pick. You just chalk it up to, yeah, we just missed on that guy. He never made the adjustment. These guys have identified players in many cases like Derek Barnes who have to make a transition. He comes in as kind of an edge rusher from the Boilermakers. He's got to transition to become a true linebacker. Also see James Houston, something mm -hmm. they're attempting with him. Mm -hmm. um, 
And those things take time. And football players know how hard it is. You know, you don't just necessarily come in and do that. Jack Campbell was already doing the thing he was doing and the thing they wanted him to do. Now, of course, they've gone the other way with him. They're like, hey, we're going to turn you into an edge rusher. <laughs> I was laughing about that, uh, watching that Atlanta game again. They're like, you know, we got, we got Derek Barnes. We need to take him. He's an edge rusher. We're going to make him a linebacker. We got Jack Campbell. He's a linebacker. Let's make him an edge rusher. We got James Houston. He's tearing the heads off quarterbacks everywhere he goes. Let's put him in coverage. Um, so yeah, they they know what they're they know what the project is. They know what the destination is, and they're putting in the work. They don't stop. Yep. They don't stop. Kelvin Shepard never stopped. He got Derek Barnes where he needed to be, and um, you know I think it's it's remarkable. Yeah. It really is um, what he's been able to do. The fact that he's been given the latitude to do it. You know, again, the culture, the culture, the culture, this whole this whole two hours has been about the culture that the Lions have built and now reaping the rewards when you add talent into that equation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's player development. We're seeing in the chat. It's true. It's watching players develop in Detroit. It, it, it you had the expectation you had you you thought you were seeing it and you were just seeing players realize the top of their talent. We're seeing players truly their 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 inherent talent. We're seeing players look truly at, look, develop as football players. It's amazing. Look at Melon Fonwu. Look yeah. at Melon Fonwu. Look at Iffy. Look at what he did last week against Atlanta. You know, all of a sudden he shows up and you're like, oh my God, that's right. Levi stuck with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Levi Levi's out there doing things. Uh so yeah, you you see it up and down the roster. It's a part of the culture of this team. You go to work. You stay working until the job's done. Yep. And yep. um and they it's starting to it's starting to look like maybe there's something to it. Yes, sir. All right. Quick look ahead. Detroit Lions were the Green Bay Packers. You may have heard of them. Uh oh, I'm sorry, that should say the FTP. Um we are playing the Green Bay Packers. We have some some work to do as a team, but we have the proper schooling in place. <laughs> These children are beautiful these days. I, I thought we like lost it. a generation. Put that to a beat. <laughs> Done. Done, my brother. Done. <laughs> um, let's get into this. This is this is we're gonna have a couple good breakdowns on on the channel. Stay tuned to Detroit Lions Podcast uh, YouTube channel or the the audio stuff. We've got great stuff coming all the time. Told you there'd be a fire hose this season. Uh, I think we're at like 19 days in a row of content. So uh love that. Hit the like, hit the subscribe. We ask once a game, do it real quick for us. You're sitting here watching, having fun. Join the chat, join the show, hit the like, hit the subscribe, do all those things. And we appreciate you for doing that. Also, okay, let's get to this. Uh, Green Bay Packers crush love. I mean, that's, that's, that's really the defensive goal. You start crushing love. You start putting hands on him. You start putting him into the dirt and the interceptions follow. Is that, is that the short game, Michael? Yeah, I think you've got to follow the same formula that you used against Desmond Ritter. I mean, again, I come back to that number. He's he's top, I want to say he's top five in touchdowns thrown, but he's 33rd in completion percentage. He's making big plays, but he's thrown about 53%. I think Ash was uh, quick to point out that's not sustainable. Nope. Not long-term. Uh, and so you still got a guy that lacks experience, uh, no, no quarterback likes being hit. Contrary to popular belief, there's always a guy like, "Well, once you start hitting this guy, you know." Well, yeah, that's how, 
why don't you stand here in your cubicle, Chet, and let me punch you in the face and see how well you do your job? You know, you still got those, <laughs> you get those reports there in, Trevor. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, you make, make him beat you. Stop the run. They've been so good stopping the run three weeks in a row. Three weeks in a row they've been on top of their game in that rush defense. Put it on the arm of the quarterback. Not everybody's Patrick Mahomes. Not everybody's Geno Smith. Yep. Yep. And we flip it to the other side of the ball. Uh, Brandon comes in right away. Green Bay's really good on defense, except for the run defense. They're like 25th. I don't know if you heard. Montgomery might be back. We have this guy known as an offensive weapon. <laughs> and Jameer Gibbs, right. who can seem to run between the tackles, too. Um, I, I feel like the Detroit Lions offense is built to face off against this Swiss cheese run defense of Green Bay. Well, and you know you've got the experience uh, because while Aaron Rodgers uh, went to New York for a hot minute, the defense is still the defense. Rashawn Gary's really good. That, that guy, he can wreck a game. Yep. He's one of those dudes um, that can do it. But Ben Johnson's seen these guys. He's seen these guys twice a year, every year that he's been doing the job. He was seeing them before that when he was the tight ends coach. Um, so they know what they're dealing with, and they've been pretty good about their approach and how to attack that. Yep. Packers barely beat the Falcons. If we look at just the uh, Carter, if we look at just the transference property, we should win just by that automatically. It's math. It's science. Don't don't question the science. It's settled. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot more special teams. We'll beat the snot out of him. <laughs> Call him day. I put Dave Fipp against anybody any day. He's 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 got yeah. those guys on 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 lockdown. Um. Okay. Anything else about the Packers game? I know we could do a lot more in depth. We're running out of time here a little bit, uh, Gray. And I and I, I hate to kind of short it up, but I know we have um, two segments from Ash coming up. A segment on how, uh, what Green Bay's offense is going to do and how we're going to counter that. What their defense will do and how we're going to counter that in the next two days. Definitely don't want to miss that. He's going to go super in depth on the Green Bay stuff and 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 the Green Bay game and uh, how that's going to play out uh, from a more schematic perspective. Anything you want to say about uh, what we're going to face and how to handle that game? Well, there's there's a couple of things. One, two segments from Ash. If you adjust for the exchange rate, it's really just one. Um, so, you know, because of the toonies and the, you know, he does his stuff in metrics. You know, nobody goddamn centimeter is. Um, and then the other thing is, I don't want to, I don't want to tip my hand too much because I've got my uh, my wish list coming out early. Everything's all jacked up because of the Thursday thing. Um, so that will be out tomorrow and, and I go a little bit more in depth into, you know, kind of what I'm hoping for and, uh, and looking for with this game against the Packers too. Awesome. 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 Love it. Um, fire hose of content coming the next two days as we get to Thursday for the Packers game, keep your eyes and ears and open and, uh, we will pop in those as much as we can. Um, release time 6am for ashes drops. I'll try Tim. I don't know. It's there's. There's that algorithm thing we got to work on. And that's why we talk about the likes and subscribes and stuff. It's, 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 it's a complicated business. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. All right. So with that, let's uh, let's move in and get to the close. I want to thank everybody. Don't forget about Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com, Fanatics.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. You get great stuff at both places, and they throw us a little bit of the money and take it away from the millionaires, put a couple pennies in our pocket, helps support the show. Also, don't forget about stjude.org slash DLP. 
please help us support those families and those sick kids. We, we, it means a lot. And uh, we do it every year because it means a lot. All right. Don't forget us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit lions podcast, little $5 a month. If you get to $5 a month or more on the donation, you get access to the slack, the most intelligent lions chat on the internet. Also follow us on Twitter at, the Michael Gray. He's got Instagram and threads and all that stuff. It's always the same thing. The Michael Gray. The Michael Gray. Go give him a follow. And <laughs> also give us a ring uh, at DET Lions Podcast. It it tells you when we're going to go live. It tells you what's happening. It is your kind of thread into the DLP world. It's it's You'll know all the stuff you need to know about when we're doing what we do at DET Lions Podcast. Also, Tickety tockety TikTok, DET Lions Pod. Uh, also, give us a call on Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line. You can do it during the post game show beforehand, leave a message, the whole thing, 248 782 8384. 248 Rub You Fug. Be sure to come to, to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast. What, what, what happens when we do that, Michael? This is your favorite part. What happens when people go there and subscribe to the podcast? See, I said I would not be guilty of gimmick infringement, and I'm not going to say that creepy windowless van line that Risden does. With the it shag, makes me uncomfortable every time he says it. Shag carpeting on the walls. He, he starts talking <laughs> about doing things to people's ears. It's weird. I don't like it. He's usually got headphones on when he says it. <laughs> that tagline's not lo- allowed within 500 feet of a school. I don't like it. <laughs> So what are you going to say? What are you going to say? What happens if people subscribe there? Well, right now, man, they're getting super served with a bunch of free stuff uh, about our favorite team who's having one hell of a year. So get in on that. I know I I like to give Ash garbage because he's Canadian and a pacifist at heart. uh, So I know he won't come after me. But um, yeah, with so I mean, with all the stuff, I mean, I, I find myself I find myself uh bogged down trying to keep up with everything that's going on on the channel so it's a ton it's a ton you asked for it you got it folks hit the like on your way out hit the subscribe on your way out so you don't miss anything thank you for tuning in we're gonna see you next time on the detroit lions podcast remember no pants no toasters no hot tubs no freaking problems baby because we're your detroit lions and reddit connection Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.